0: Great, I want to have an honest talk with us first up. And that is, have you ever found that your Christian life can be a bit up and down? Wow. (laughs) Honest Christians. This is a great church, Dennis. That'd be the most honest response to that question I've ever had. I thought I was going to have to milk that a bit and sort of go, you know, am I the only sinner in the room, you know, blah, 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 take all the responsibility. Come on, how many people have found that it can be a bit up and down? Who's ever found that your love for God seems to wax and wane at some times? Sometimes I'm super committed, other times I'm not really sure. So I'm not the only one. I feel so much better in a room full of rotten sinners like you. I just feel so at home, so good. It's true, you know what, I've found God does not move, God doesn't change, but boy I do. My feelings go up and down, my circumstances, sometimes my faith seems to ride on the back of my circumstances and that's the wrong pony for my faith to ride on, it's meant to ride on the promises of of the Word of God, That's, that's what it's meant to do. But I think that's just a really human thing. And I think we can find ourselves at times, you know, just um, not where we once were. Who's ever had those laments? Just it's not like it used to be. And we see people even, even drift away from church because of those experiences, being caught up in our feelings and our emotions and our perception of events rather than actually anchored in what is solid, and unchanging which is the character and nature of God and, um, and I want to speak to us today about maybe a little bit of a return. I, I'm not saying that we're all out in left field right now, probably only about half of us at any one time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make it easy for you, okay, you can laugh um, but I, I just really want to preach a bit of a return to something. I want to talk to us about moving back to the miraculous moving back because I think that's intentional I think in our journey with God and and you know particularly significant spiritual moments in our life they tend to be really intentional I think we can really make a mistake sometimes just waiting for God to hit me with his magic stick You know, like if I just keep turning up, then at some point God might do something and and it's all God. If God does it, it's all the will. I just honestly think, like even when I look at the men's camp last year, guys sort of made a decision to go. They committed to go. But in the middle of all that, and even the organisers, everyone was surprised. It was like God showed up. And it just sort of surprised everyone on a level they weren't expecting. And, um, And yet I look at it and it's like, but that was very intentional. People position themselves very intentionally to actually receive. And I think we've got to do the same thing. We can't afford to just drift on how we feel. Last week I spoke about just commitment to the local church. And I know that that was, that was a tough one. There's lots of things when you give a message like that that you wish you'd said afterwards. The fact is you can't fit it all in. And I know that society has changed dramatically in the last 20 or 30 years. And just having a Sunday off can't be assumed for everyone. But at the end of the day, there's got to be sort of some intentionality about our walk. We can't just be cut loose to drift with our feelings and our commitment ebbs and sways. At some point, we've got to commit ourselves to what we feel God has revealed about His character, His nature, His plan and purpose in the earth. That's what last week was about. This week, I want to sort of talk about the miraculous nature of the early church. And I don't think it was limited or should be limited to the early church. We serve a God of miracles. Why would I say, let's move back to the miraculous? When I say, let's move back to the miraculous, we're not moving back to an event or something. We are moving back to the character and nature of God. This is who God is. I mean, it should go without explaining, but God happens to be supernatural. (laughs) Sometimes we forget that and we just dare not Lock into a system of correct belief. I think we should have that. I'm just saying there's a lot more to God than just believing the right stuff about God. We cannot afford, that ends up being religion. Rather than walking with the living God who's able to make a way where there seems to be no way. Who is able to touch things that doctors can't fix and fix them in our bodies. A God who can bring broken and fractured and hurting people back together in reconciliation and life begins to flow again. That is the God we serve. And I know you're convinced just by the way you're saying amen got to apologise to the front row. It must be the angle of the lights, but boy, you guys are copping some spit today. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I had a COVID test a day ago, but I, I was negative at the time. I should be okay. No, no, I, I didn't, and you're all right. Okay, Acts chapter three. We're moving through the book of Acts, the early church. Acts chapter three, verses one to eight. This is a well-known story, well-known passage, and I want to make some observations about one of the main characters in the story, about his life, and then I want to look at some principles that I kind of see in this that might help us, and then... I I actually want to speak prophetically into a number of groups here this morning that I believe are here with us today. Okay, so that's where we're headed. Now, Peter and John, in the next 20 minutes. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily, so this is a long-term condition, at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Now, alms was charity, basically. It was like, would you have him a few coins for me? Would you, I don't know, would you have something for me to sustain me? And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. So let's just stop there for a moment. Quick observation, that would have been disappointing, right? Often the miracle you're looking for is not exactly the one you get. It's the one you need. Just a little bit of an aside, okay? He was looking for silver and gold. He's disappointed, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Now, I'm going to make some observations. I just want to say, first up... Today, be believing for healing. I'm not necessarily going to be going for a healing prayer line. I want this to be a much broader application, okay, uh, for us all. But please, by all means, be believing for healing here today. So Peter is really bold and he goes for the miracle. That's the, 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 the easy observation. But one of the things when I meditated on Peter's journey, his whole journey before this, through the Gospels with Jesus, this wasn't the first time Peter had seen miracles. When you read the book of Acts, it can appear that way, like the Holy Spirit's poured out and all of a sudden miracles start popping everywhere. But remember, Jesus had sent them out two by two as disciples and they returned rejoicing at all the things they'd seen, including people being healed, demons cast out, all kinds of miraculous things that he had already seen in his ministry. This is the first one post-resurrection where he had to believe by faith Jesus was still with him even though he was no longer around as a backstop. That's one of the observations I'd make. So, think about Peter's journey in light of that. This is his journey. He had seen the miraculous before. Then he'd had this terrible confrontation to his faith as he saw his master crucified. And it was confusing, it was disappointing, it was discouraging. It was the absolute opposite of everything that he'd hoped and he'd dreamed for. Death did not fit Peter's plan. It didn't fit. And in our lives, that is just so commonly the case that some things before they actually live the way that we always dreamed they would, sometimes they die first. Lots of our dreams are like that. Lots of our vision is like that. I found that over, you know, now nearly 40 years of following Jesus, that often God puts something in your heart and you just think, oh, it's all just gonna happen, and it's all gonna happen so easy because God said it and I can trust him at his word. But then there's all these these death experiences you go through. And sometimes you even lay it in the grave and go, I must have just got it wrong. I must have heard wrong. But we've got to remember, God's a God of the resurrection. And he looks again and again and again for the opportunity to reveal himself through resurrection power, that he is able to give life to the dead, is what Abraham discovered. The writer of Hebrews said, that he trusted God who's able to give life to the dead and call those things that be not as though they were. As we said last week, Peter said, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he'll quicken your mortal body. There's this resurrection life that is within us continuously. And it's all because of the cross. It's all because of what we just celebrated at Easter. It's all because of what we're looking at in the book of Acts right now. The message of the early church was resurrection. Number one. Resurrection, number two. Resurrection, number three. They were the only three messages they had. Resurrection one, two and three. It topped the charts for 28 chapters of Acts. Resurrection power. But hey, you can't blame Peter for being disappointed with death. But the beauty is, is that there's a resurrection And that somehow he moves back into this miraculous season. Remember, this is the guy that after seeing the miraculous, after seeing miracles, after seeing demons come out and bodies set free and all the things they saw when they were on the road for Jesus, then denied Christ and ran away and wouldn't even come near when they were crucifying his Lord. This is the guy that hid and went back fishing. And now he's moved back into a season of a miraculous. And I just, I have a sense what God is speaking to my heart. I think it's for me personally, but I really believe it's for the church that maybe you've seen things in the past. You've seen stuff happen and it's excited you. You remember those early days. Oh, God's moving. But then maybe moved into a season of God, what is going on? What are you doing? Why am I in this wilderness? Why am I in the grave? Why are my dreams and my vision? Why is it laid to waste? But God, I'm convinced, wants to bring us back into a season of resurrection and the miraculous. I'm convinced. I'm convinced this is like a cyclic thing that we go through again and again, because I can see it in my journey with Christ. Wonderful days of first love and intimacy with God, and then maybe death and complacency and sometimes just flat-out sin when we find ourselves happy to jump back in bed with things that we thought we'd killed in the waters of baptism. When we're prepared to look at things that once we wouldn't have looked at. We're prepared to say things that once we, we wouldn't have said. We're prepared to think things. We're prepared to be part of conversations that once upon a time would have made us uncomfortable, but now they've become comfortable. It's called compromise, folks, and we all suffer from it. It's the way the world continuously chips away and tries to get you back into the deep end of the pool via the shallow end of the pool. But man, I just believe after a season like that, God is always ready to breathe again to resurrect us, to bring new life to us, to bring us into another season of the miraculous where we're going once again, oh my God, I can't believe how good you are. Come on, who's ever had that experience? Oh my goodness, Lord, you have exceeded my expectations. And I know this, in spite of all the disappointments of all the ups and downs, unless we believe for it, we don't see it. One of the things that compromise compromise does in our lives, I've found, and I'm just talking from personal experience, you lose your sense of awe. You lose your sense of awe. You have to. To accommodate stuff that you know shouldn't be in your heart, you have to lose your sense of the awe of God. And with the loss of the sense of awe of God goes a loss of expectation that God will move That God will move on your behalf. And with that comes a dirge of the miraculous in your life. It's just a pattern I've noticed. And I see it in Acts chapter 2. We preach this passage. I can't go back too far to it. But Acts chapter 2 verse 43 where it says that then great awe fell upon the church and many mighty wonders and signs were done by the apostles. It was like the miraculous went hand in hand with a sense of the awesomeness of God. How God is amazing, and God, God raises the dead, and I have this this awe, and then therefore I live before Him. I've been talking to our pastors. In discipleship, about stewarding the move of God, how we actually have to keep our hands very, very clean if we want to just keep seeing God move. Because of all the things the Holy Spirit is, he's likened to wind, he's likened to fire, he's likened to oil. Of all the types we see in the scripture, the one thing he really is is holy. <laughs> it's the first part of his name, Holy Spirit. And so there needs to be like, basically not common. That's what holy means. It's not common. This is special. Treat it special, man. Treat it special. This is not something that you can just brush off or something that you can treat like flippantly. I'll turn up at church, see what God does. Or do we come leaning in going, Lord, I'm just so expectant. I'm in awe of you as I worship you and I open my heart. I'm just in awe of you. I don't know what you're going to do next, but I'm just believing you're going to do something. And that kind of heart attracts the favour of God. So we're staying focused on the resurrection. Here's some thoughts and then I'm going to finish just by some, I'm just praying prophetic prayer ministry. Here's some thoughts on principles. So are you hungry for the miraculous again? Hungry to return to the miraculous? Not saying anyone ain't there. I'm just saying, we as a group, are we excited, or is that what we need, yeah. or do we need more church services? Do we need better coffee? Do we need... Well, yeah, I mean, better coffee is always good, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's not what we need, is it? We all know it. We've got to be hungry for what only God can do. Yeah. When we talk about the miraculous, that's what we're talking about—the God stuff, yeah. the stuff that we walk away going, oh, I, "I just." I just can't believe that just happened. I mean, the first time I prayed for someone who actually got healed, I couldn't believe it happened. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was a drug addict, actually, in King's Cross, in the middle of a rehab, in the middle of a 36-hour heroin detox, and we laid hands on him, and he went to sleep and was calm and woke up the next day and said, what was that? We said, Jesus. We baptised him at Bondi Beach, 5.30 in August. And this was in 1988 before Bondi had been cleaned up. There was still sewage, literally, in the water at Bondi Beach. And it's like, I I can remember when that guy got delivered like that. Boom. From him him wanting to break, he could hear the Oz rock and all he wanted to do was bust and go get a fix. We laid hands on him and he went to sleep and he woke up the next day free. And it's like, I can remember going, I wasn't really believing for that. (laughs) I was praying he'd stay in the detox. (laughs) And God just decided to do more. Don't you want to... Don't you want to see that again? We've seen this again and again and again, even just through the life of the church here over the last couple of you know decades that I've it. We've seen God do things again and again and again that have surprised us. Well, I would love to move again into a season of unusual miracles where we just walk away going, I'm just not sure what happened then. God just did something beyond my expectations. So here's some thoughts. So I just look at Peter, observations. Peter started with nothing but relationship. You know, he had nothing. (laughs) He said he had nothing. That was his confession. I have nothing of substance to give you. I don't have silver and gold. I don't have what it appears like you need. I don't have that. But what I do have, the one thing I have, is my relationship with Jesus. I can give you that. And that's the one thing in common that we all have in this place or it's, at least it's, it's possible for you. You might be here and you might say, well, I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's not where I'm at. Well, I guess that's uh, that you're in a great place because God, through services just like this and people's lives just like ours, is actually putting out the welcome mat to you. <laughs> and so you are more than welcome. You don't have to be a special person. Or please don't be a religious person, whatever you do. Just come to Jesus with an open heart and a relationship with Christ. You have have access. It's just there for you. It's free. It's a free gift of God to have relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's all Peter had. And it's all he needed. At the end of the day, that relationship was his total resource. How many of us here have a relationship with Christ? And it's our total resource, but do we, do we actually draw down on it? Or have we done it in the past and maybe deemed disappointed so we've just pulled back from faith, going God doesn't work? Let me encourage you, for me, I've made a commitment in my life because I've seen plenty of that in my life as a pastor now for 30 years. I've chosen to believe that has more to do with my experience of faith than it does with the character and nature of God. I don't know what's going on. Why doesn't God heal everyone, boom, like that? I wish He did. I think there'd be thousands lined up at the door to even get in. Why doesn't He do it? I don't know. Maybe He just wants people to have faith. I don't know. I just believe that when I don't see what I'm believing for, it has more to do with my experience and my faith walk. So therefore, I'm determined to keep walking in faith until I see what I want to see, what I see, what I believe God wants to do. Peter started with nothing but relationship, and we all either have that or it is freely accessible to us today. Second thought, Peter leveraged his own expense of the resurrection. When I look at it, you know, he's he's like, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's talking like Jesus is still alive. (laughs) I'm sure it was the same kind of prayers he prayed when Jesus sent them out. I mean, if you were one of those original disciples and Jesus said, okay, go out there and cast out demons and heal the sick the way you've seen me do it. That'd be daunting, wouldn't it? I'd be hiding behind the name of Jesus if I went out there. So I don't think this was a new prayer. I think Peter's praying exactly what he prayed when Jesus was literally standing on the hill watching him. But there's a faith in it. Why? Because he'd had an encounter with the resurrected Christ. He knew Jesus was standing on the hill watching him do it. Whether he could see him or not. (laughs) And so Peter leveraged his own experience of the resurrection. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're here today, if God has done anything in your life, then you have experienced resurrection power. Oh, I know, I just said a simple little prayer and decided to believe Jesus and come to church. Well, there you go. There's a lot, a lot of people out there in darkness that didn't have that happen to them. So you've already experienced his resurrection power. You have, you have the relationship. You have an experience of resurrection power, no matter how new that is, no matter how small you think that is. This comes back down to exactly what Jesus said about faith, as small as a mustard seed, one of the smallest seeds of trees on the planet, apparently. I don't know. Greg could tell me. But it's, it's not in the quantity, it's in the quality it's in the DNA of the seed, it's not in having great faith, it's in having faith in the moment and that's what Peter leveraged, I know whom I've believed, I know he's done something in my heart and I'm trusting that if I move in faith he could do something in yours too, Levi gave the great example of that, the simplest example of examples Kid riding past on a bike he used to know on a mountain bike and just saying good day and inviting him to a men's event. There was just this little step of faith that is sort of turning into something so much more. Here's a couple of final points. Two things. Peter boldly reached out and took hold of the challenge, he took him by the right hand. I have a sense some of us need to take hold of some things some things that have gone lame, maybe even born lame, maybe it was something that you even think man. I feel like God's put that in my heart but it is just no way I've ever been positioned for that. Things born lame, things that have gone lame, they will stay lame unless you take hold of them. That's what I've learned. I can't change a thing that I'm not prepared to take responsibility for that's one of, the, you know, one of the big problems I think we face as a society is everyone is scrambling so hard it would seem in so many realms out there to push the responsibility lower or onto someone else and things never get fixed that way until someone says, you know what, it might not be my job but I'll make it my responsibility. Yeah. This guy's lameness was not Peter's responsibility but he took responsibility for it. The moment he took him by the hand, it was like, I'm owning this one. (laughs) I am going to look like an idiot if this doesn't work. And we have to take hold of things, honestly. And you can look at that in so many areas of our life. Listen, if in your marriage, just pay quietly because we're going to be here a while. If in your marriage, you find yourself saying, It's their fault honestly unless it's abusive stop saying that because it can't change while you say that it can't change unless you take responsibility for it oh well it's only five percent my responsibility it's 95 percent theirs it just won't work take 100 percent responsibility if this is going to change it's down to me obviously they're not changing so i'm gonna I'll bring the change. God, I'll come before you. God, I'll surrender. God, I'll serve. I will practice humility. I'll do everything I have to do to see you move in this situation. I'll take this thing by the hand and I'll lift it up in faith in Jesus' name. Maybe it's dreams, hopes, vision, whatever. Well, take action. Take action. Oh, but it's dead. Take action. Take it by the hand and lift it up again. Maybe it's something nowhere near as noble as that. Maybe it's our own dysfunctions. It's okay. I think God wants to touch it all. How do you take your own dysfunction by the hand? I will admit I have weaknesses. I will own this. This is me. And I might have been born into difficult circumstances. I might have had difficult things happen to me. But at the end of the day, I refuse to allow external forces to continue to control my life. I will take this thing by the hand. And if I'm the only one believing for a resurrection here, then that's one people enough. Me and Jesus is now a majority. I take this thing by the hand and I lift it up. Last thought is that Peter took the weight and moved it in the right direction. Says he lifted him up. What was the problem with this guy? He couldn't get up. And again, this is Peter physically doing this. This is not some super spiritual thing. He took responsibility for it and he pulled it in the right direction. And as he pulled in the right direction, that's when the miracle happened. Suddenly, strength come into his ankles and legs and he stood up and began to praise God and leap about. He lifted him up. So I want to speak again to marriage really, really quickly and here's what I have a sense of. Stop waiting. Stop praying for your partner to change. Be the person they long to be married to. I know that's a difficult word. I know that's a difficult word and when I... Talk about unless there's abuse involved. There's lots of different abuses. There's emotional disconnection. There's violence. There's all those things. But to all things being equal, if you've got two people that are reasonably normal people, you want to see a miracle in that, it's up to you. You take it by the hand and you start to move it in the right direction and you stop making excuses and you stop waiting for them to change. And as you pull on that thing, I think I'm believing in a season of miracles. As you pull on that thing and move it in the right direction, I'm believing for God's strength to come into it. And all of a sudden for that thing to start what has been deflated, to begin inflating and coming alive once again. We serve a God of the resurrection. Settle in your heart. If that's the person you've committed to for life, then give your whole life to them. I'm not ex- upset by the way. I'm just excited. I'm preaching. I don't preach a lot anymore, do I? Just sort of talk nicely. But I'm preaching today. Okay. Relationships. I've got a word for young men in this place pay for dinner. That's moving it in the right direction. <laughs> if she's a good godly girl, and please get that right. And if you're a solid godly boy and girls, please get that right then ask her out. That's taking her by the hand. But don't take her by the hand until she's quite comfortable with it. But you understand what I mean? Don't sit back there lamenting, oh, there's no good guys in the church, there's no good girls in the church. Don't do that. Get ready to take it by the hand and lift it up and move it in the right direction. Sorry, girls, if you think that that's sexist, but I think young blokes should pay for at least the first meal. And Jazz is right on board with that. And she got a good man, so there you go. Korea. I've got a word. These aren't real spiritual words. The next ones get more spiritual. These are real practical. This is just like Peter, being real practical. Real practical, waiting for God to come along. Korea. Early is on time. On time is late. Late is unacceptable. There's a good word. (laughs) Any boss would love someone who's thinking that way instead of I'll just slide into minimums and whatnot and in all honesty we have a society that is very flexible and all the rest but at the end of the day it's the person who doesn't just lean on the leniency of the system that stands out to a boss. As you know what they could have come in a quarter of an hour late today but they didn't. Business people here real quick um I felt, really encourage you, get a word in your heart. Get a word in your heart for your business. You know, I don't know whether it's languishing, it's booming, it's doing whatever, but I have a sense of this, that in every season, people do well, and in every season, people do badly. Name a season where people don't do badly. I've seen people do really badly in some of the best seasons ever. And I've seen some people in some of the worst seasons ever do really well. COVID would just be one simple example of that. And I just, I just have a sense for business owners, don't keep listening to the rhetoric out there. Yes, we are going into a different economic cycle. Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. But beyond a shadow of a doubt, some people prosper in those seasons. And I think Scripture would say to us, I've made you to be the head, not the tail. So what do you want to be? Do you want to be one of the ones who prospers or one of the ones who sinks? Get a word in your heart. We serve a God of miracles. We serve a God of resurrection power. I just, you know, honestly, if you're a business person, just raise your hand right now if you just want to receive that word. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. I just thank you for businesses in spite of everything that's out there. I thank you for them prospering prospering and flourishing and overflowing and blessing the community and hiring more people and expanding on the left hand and on the right. In Jesus' name. I have another sense, a real sense of a word for professional people. So, If you're a professional person, if this starts to make sense, I'm going to get you to respond as well. But you moved into your profession just having a sense of, wow, this is just going to be so awesome and I can see how I can make such a big difference and such a big splash and really make change and whatnot. And this could be in any area, any area of, of professional application and career. But here you are, so far down the track, and you just feel absolutely strangled by red tape, and by detail, and by the things that you never thought that you'd have to address, and and government restriction, and all kinds of ridiculous hoops that you've got to jump through, and you've actually questioned the value of what you thought God had called you to so long ago. And I, I just want to release a word to you. I just believe that if take a hold of it again, you've even given up in discouragement and just let go of the hand of your career and it's coasting and I just want to encourage you, take that thing by the hand, believe for a season of the miraculous, begin to pull that thing in the right direction, get it back in your heart that I can make a difference because I believe God is saying literally to you in the professional sphere, don't, don't, Don't be forced, manipulated, intimidated into shrinking back. It's now the time to actually stretch out your ropes. You've never been needed the way that you're needed right now. Your unique expression in your profession has never been needed the way that it's needed right now. So stretch out the ropes, put down the pegs, expand on the left and on the right. This is a time where God can do miracles. And I tell you what, there's no time like a season of darkness for light to shine the brightest. That's what God's calling us to as lights in this world, people who overcome, people who believe their God, who walk with their God, who see God do miraculous things, doors of opportunity, relationships repaired, provision along the journey, whatever it is, It's what God wants to do amongst us. Come on, are you, are you a little bit, are you a little bit, I'm stirred, I hope you're stirred this morning. Come on, why don't we stand together? stand together hey if you're in a professional sphere would you just raise your hand right now if that if that word sort of made some sense to you and you want to believe with me for it father i just thank you thank you for that we all do we thank you for the professions here father for the people who've applied themselves they have studied they have built careers father god and we're just believing in jesus name that in this next season they are going to see you open doors and create opportunity and use them and bring influence through them like it is beyond what they ever dreamed of. I pray, Father, for courage. We pray. Come on, church. We pray that courage would flood into them, Father God. Courage to take that thing by the hand, to move that thing in the right direction, to believe that you're going to show up and your miraculous power will flow as that thing comes off the ground in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Just while we're in this moment of prayer, and I, I will finish, I will, I've got to. Um, you know, before I just said it's a relationship with Jesus is all Peter had. And it's available to all of us, no matter where we're at just right now. And, and maybe you're in this place and maybe you did just come with a friend or a family member. I want to say you're really, really super welcome. It's, it's cool. We're just people on a journey. But what's happened in us, I guess, for, for, for many people around you is that they've just, they've discovered the reality of Jesus Christ, that he is raised from the dead, that his resurrection power can work in you even today and bring change to your life. And, um, and I just want to invite you, if, if that's you and you just, you would say, Chris, I want Jesus too. I want to have that same experience. I want to, Walk in that same power you're talking about. You're saying God's got it for me. Well, I want it. Come on, if that's you, just just in this attitude of worship, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Just right where you are. Yep, yeah, it's awesome. God bless you, mate. Others, just real quick. Yep, God bless you. I see you. Others, you just raise your hand up. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you for every heart that's responding to you right now, and we just pray for the reality and the power of your Spirit to overtake them, Father, in Jesus' name, as I open their heart to you, Father, that you would move into centre place, that Jesus would become both Lord and Saviour, and they would know your goodness all the days of their lives, in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we encourage people who just responded that way? Folks, let's believe for the miraculous.